Uh, yes, yes, people, we're back for another episode of Eyes on the Ball, your favourite podcast with your boy Daniel right here. I'm Austin, top of the league clash, it's another big game, Chelsea v Tottenham. Yo, you say I'm in a battle like Vidich, yeah man I got 90 minutes. I got my eye on the ball, but I see red on my right, no Kimmich. But if you reach his pocket, I'm going to see cards from Dean. That's a one-match ban from Leagues, so I can't ride out for the team. So I can't ride out for the team. If they ask me who the goal is, i got to say Nicholas Bentner. I don't know, I'm just joking, everyone knows that Messi is better. I'm trying to get my sterling up in the city, so see you play. As soon as my child can walk, it's straight Project Mbappé. Bun all the verbal, as soon as I hear that whistle. We get straight to the action. Come on, lads, where's the passion? Do like Alan Maxine, wear headbands for the fashion. If the defenders drop back, we counter and then attack them. I got my eye on the ball. I got my eye on the ball, yeah. I got my eye on the ball. I got my eye on the ball, yeah. I got my eye on the ball. I got my eye on the ball. Got my boy Matisse representing Chelsea for me today. What are you saying, Matisse? How you doing? How's it going, bro? Thanks for having me on. It's good to be back. No worries, no worries. And then Tottenham, we've got two fans representing Tottenham today. Got my girl Maya. How you doing, Maya? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, how are you? I'm good, thanks. And I got my boy Fuad from Stoppage Time TV. How you doing, my bro? All good, bro. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, man. I just had to get in. I needed to make sure I got the right Chelsea fan based off the fact that Lampard said he only believes in proper Chelsea fans. So I think I got the, the, the <laughs> most proper right here. <laughs> and obviously the same goes for the Tottenham fans. Um, but yeah, I think we should go straight into it. Matisse, the question I've got mm. for you is, where's this game going to be won and lost for Chelsea? Oh, well, for me, it's it's all about, first of all, Harry Kane and Son, how, how Chelsea deal with them. Obviously, the the opposing players would be Kante for me, because because I know Kane's going to drop deep. So for me, Kante's got to be on him. I said this in my in my own preview. I just feel like if there's anybody who can stick to Kane it's going to be it's going to be Kante very much similar to how Ander Herrera did it for Hazard um, at the bridge a couple years ago or quite a few years ago now if you give Harry Kane time and space in this Tottenham team he's the orchestrator he's the one that really pulls all the strings he's become De Bruyne plus Kane and what I mean by that is he's the playmaker and the striker so he can score the goals no problem but he's also the one that creates the chances for Son for the wingers and he can spray the passes no problem so how we deal with him, if we can nullify him and stop him, then I think that that gives us almost a 50% chance more of being able to just completely win the game outright. Um, and then going forward for us, for me, it's all about Hakim Ziyech and Reese James on the right. They're the ones where that's where our chance creation comes from. Our team's a little bit lopsided in that way, but in a good way, because we've got runners in Chilwell and Werner on the left and whoever it may be. But Ziyech and Reese, you know, both great deliverers of the ball. If they can be on form and really you know, be clinical with what they do and, and, and you know, they don't take too long to really create clear-cut chances for those strikers like Tammy and Werner. They can really deliver the quality balls that I expect from them usually, then that's going to cause a lot of problems for Tottenham. Ida Viro's out as well, from what I know at the moment. So that, that weakens their defence as well. He started against Man City in the Tuna win last week. So those two, if Tottenham can't contain them, it's going to be a problem because... If you stop Ziyech, Reese James will cross it and they, you know, they they can both go out and in, you know, both good dribblers, both 
Reese James can be an inverted fullback if need be. So that's where I think the game will be won and lost on our side if we can get those those two going. What would you say your response to that is, Maya? To be honest, yeah, I completely agree. I think we know the way that Jose is going to set up for this game. Um, how we set up for City was perfect. It worked. Why would we do it again? So, yeah, I think everyone's aware of how, how Jose is going to approach the game. Um, and rightfully so, if, if Son and, and Kane are up for it, then that is where we will win the game, I believe. Um, Chelsea, you're very strong in your wide areas from your forward wide areas and your full backs as well. They're both very attacking, informed fullbacks. Um, I I like Regulon. I do. He's looked great. However, I'm still not fully convinced about the strength in our right side. I think Matt Doherty and even Serge Aurier has improved, but they're both for me here, whereas um, both Chiwell and Rhys James are here. Regulon's here, whereas Matt Doherty and Aurier are both here. Both consistently now already looked a lot better and Matt Lucas as well consistently, but still here. So I'm worried about that, um, our right side, the left side. Um, and I think that may be a weakness that can be exposed. Mm. Fred, what do you For think? me, it's, it's a battle of the defences, to be honest. I think Chelsea's defence, this is now the first time they've kind of got some solidity, but I feel like a lot of the fixtures they've played, kind of the Burnley, the Newcastles, they've been teams that they've been just happy to kind of sit back and I think we will similarly sit back but on the counter we've got arguably the best front two in all honesty in Kane and Son so this defence for Chelsea that will be a test for them but for us as you mentioned Toby's a massive miss him and I have kind of formed a solid relationship there and for me I think that's definitely going to be a dent in our kind of a hole there for, for Chelsea to take advantage of I think Tammy's coming to form he might he, he could probably take advantage of that but Similarly to what Maya said there, we're very lopsided. I don't think Chelsea have that problem where Matisse said that. I think you lot are very kind of, that's probably your strong areas that kind of out wide for us. On the right side, no one's claimed that kind of right wing role to themselves, whether it be Lucas, Bale, Bergwijn, no one's kind of stepped up to the plate. But for me personally, I think this game will be won and lost kind of in defence. In all honesty, I think it, how that Chelsea team handles Kane and Son on the counter, as well as Regui on, I feel like, on that left side. And then how we kind of plug that hole in kind of um, Toby, is it? Because I don't think Sanchez, for me, is the option. I'd Personally, I'd love to see Tanganga. This is kind of a West London derby game. This is kind of um, last season when he kind of got thrown in the fire, was it, at Liverpool. He really stepped up to the plate against Mane. And I think in this kind of fixture, listen, we need, we need that kind of hunger and kind of passion to be played with. This is a this is a two part question because it's interesting what you guys have said. So I'll get I'll come to Fuad first to reply to the first part, and then Matisse, you can answer the second part of this question. First part, don't you think it's interesting though how Dyer has become so important? Because I know you haven't been a, the biggest Dyer fan, but he's kind of progressed, and Mourinho's kind of stuck with this idea. This guy is Portuguese. He's a leader in the dressing room. I like this guy, and I want him in my team. And he's kind of improved. You have to admit, it, even for yourself. I think from a personality aspect, I agree. He's actually one of the few characters in there who rile people up, who kind of get in their faces. And you need that in the dress rooms where he's saying he wants these nasty guys. He fits that profile kind of perfectly. For me, it was always a case of, I don't know what his best position is. Is it centre mid? Is it defensive mid? Is it at centre back? Yeah. A few times he played right back and he played half decent. So it was like, he kind of hadn't figured out his best position. So when I'm seeing him get thrown in at centre back, when we've got, when at the time I thought we had 
plenty of options. I thought Sanchez wasn't being given a fair chance. Yeah. I thought Toby and Aldevar were still kind of the stronghold of that back line. I saw Tanganga coming through. I'm like, why are we all of a sudden forcing this guy? And he was horrible in the first couple of games. Yeah. But when you see improvements, you have to acknowledge it. And this season, for me, he has actually been one of the better centre-backs in the Premier League. And whether Jose has been able to get that level of, out of him through his coaching, I don't think a lot of people have expected that, even myself. But mm. you got to give credit where it credits you. But can he continue it for the rest of the season? That's my thing. I don't personally still feel 100% in that. Yeah. But personally, for the short term, I'd, I'd happily see it till January, see where we can get. Mm, interesting. And then coming off of what Ferreira said, he was obviously talking about the centre-back partnership in Tottenham. If you look at Chelsea's centre-back partnership, would you say we probably have the best centre-back partnership in the league right now in Thiago Silva and Zuma? Because Zuma, I believe, statistically, he's one of the best in Europe. Mm. Won like 90% of his aerial duels. He's yeah. looking a lot more comfortable on the ball. Would you say we have the best centre-back partnership in the league right now? Yeah, I'd say so. You know, after Van Dyke got injured for Liverpool, unfortunately for them, that 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 kind of took them out of it because their centre-backs are a massive drop-off after him. And I think one thing about Silva and um, Zuma is they complement each other very well. I think I said it very often last season, we have a lot of secondary centre-backs that lack a leader, lack a communicator and organiser. And I think Silva's come in and he's, he's become that. He's literally the, the go-to guy. Um, you can see a drop-off when he's not on the pitch. We did keep a clean sheet with Newcastle, you know, without him. But I wouldn't want to go up against any decent side without Silva because he's made all the difference. Even at 36, for me, he's one of the top centre-backs in the Premier League, if not the best individually. Because, you know, from everything from his ball playing to his commanding of the box, winning headers, um, marshalling others, improving others around him. As we've seen with Zuma, you know, it's um, it's been immense. So I, I, w- I would go as far as to say that that's the best centre-back duo in the Premier League at the moment, yeah. I know Fuad disagrees. I'm going to come to you. But Maya, what do you think about that assessment? Do you think Chelsea have the best centre-back partnership in the league right now? I think up until this point, um, without Toby getting injured, I feel like um, Chelsea's and Tottenham's centre-back partnerships have looked the most assured, um, especially seeing... Kurt Zuma and his progress alongside someone like Thiago Silva. Um, like you said, I think they do complement each other really well. Um, I feel like... You can say it. You can say it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like they are the most informed. Um, and yeah, I would say at this current point in time, probably the, the best centre-back partnership in the league. You didn't want to say that. I didn't. I didn't. But I I, I do feel like they're both in form. Thiago Silva's come in and made a huge impact to not only just the defence but the whole team in general. Kurt Zuma looks a different player. You know, those defensive errors and some stray passes that we were seeing in games in the past few seasons, it doesn't look like he's making those anymore. I do think it's maybe because it's so improved, for me, that's exaggerating how good I see them. Because they were, because Chelsea's defence have always been such a problem, and now it's not such a problem. It seems a lot better than it is. But you know what? I'm just going to stop talking and say, yeah, they they are probably for me the strongest at this current point in time. Fair enough. So I take the floor, bro. She hit the nail on the head there. For me personally, it's they're the most informed pair you can say. Okay. But you look at some of the front lines they've come up against the most recent weeks. It hasn't been exactly the most testing, mm. and it's we've seen them at points against West Brom. Was it like it didn't look great? So for me, I think. Over the, ter- over the long term of the season, we will see Thiago Silva's age and legs will show. 
Zuma will continue the trait of having a mistake here and there. And it's fine. It will happen. But it's a case of how long can they keep this good bit of consistent form going? For me, from an ability aspect, I think Ruben Diaz and Laporte, I think, would be the next in line after the Liverpool lot. For me, I think those two just tick so many boxes. And for, for maybe the next five to six years, I can see that partnership going. Whether for the Zuma and Thiago Silva, maybe I can't see that. So maybe I'm just looking long-term there. But from an ability aspect, I think the City I would put ahead of. But from a form aspect, I've got to agree. The Chelsea boys are there at the minute. But I think over the next couple of weeks, there's some big fixtures coming up. We'll see that really tested and see kind of can Thiago's legs really hanter the winter Premier League kind of fixture schedule. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Listen, the Christmas period test people. Nah, it's tough, man. Them 36-year-old groins are going to be tested. Nah, it's, <laughs> it's true. It's true, definitely. I think I want to veer away from the defence just because I honestly do believe this game will be won by the attacks. Um, and the reason why I say that is because obviously Kane and Son have probably formed one of the best partnerships. When we have debates, when these guys retire, they're going to be in the Andy Cole, Dwight York conversation, the Dennis Bergkamp, Thierry. I honestly believe that because they've their partnership has been great. But then when you look at what Chelsea have as well, with Pulisic coming back, with Kai Havertz coming back, from a Tottenham perspective, who would you say you're most fearful of? Because obviously we know Harry Kane and Son are the main guys. But from a Tottenham perspective, I'll come to you, Mara, first. Who would you say you're most you scare you're scared of the most from that Chelsea attack? <laughs> I'm going to say if he starts, and I think he will, then Hakim Um I feel like if he plays on that right side and Reguilon gets caught high up the pitch, um, as he sometimes does because he likes to go forward and we can't blame him for that because he's good at that. But if he is to get caught out, um, then you've got a very, very, very talented player in Ziyech on that, on that far side. Mm. Um, and I feel like his stats don't lie in the Premier League. You know, he's only played how many minutes and he's created... Uh, I don't know how many chances, but yeah, um, I think he'll be a real problem for us personally. 100%, Fred, do you agree? Oh, 100%, the exact same. And it's not a case of like, Ziyech for me doesn't even have a point to prove. You look at his age, he is what he is. He's a yeah. quality proven talent. Across the Champions League, whether you want to rate the Dutch league or not, you can judge a football player on his footballing ability and what he does on the ball. And Ziyech is one of those X factors to players that can create something out of nothing. Yeah. Pulisic, I think, coming back from injury, obviously, I don't know how much effect he'll have. Kai Havertz and Werner, they're still adjusting. I think one kind of underlying player that I've seen come back in the last game or two is Kovacic. The way he's able to pull strings from midfield and kind of pull, pull the game and dictate it, I think that, that could be a key if he does play. And then one passionate merchant who just seems to love this fixture as well is Mason Mount. He just I don't know what it is. He seems to love playing Tottenham. He always seems to score, assist to do something. So he might be one to watch as well. Definitely. Talk to me about Ziyech though, uh, Matisse. Why is Ziyech so important to this Chelsea side and the way we play right now? And why would he be a very, very important weapon against Tottenham? Well, he, he's gonna he's gonna try his his um his party trick, which is the crossfield ball. He's gonna try and switch it switch it over to the the far um the other flank. And I think the weaknesses that Maya brought up earlier in their right backs, whoever they select, um, if Werner and Chilwell can make those off ball runs and the concentration isn't isn't on point from the, from their right back, then they're gonna have problems because that ball is very da dangerous to defend against as it is anyway. Even if you are um, switched on, so if you're not and there is a weakness at right back. Then you know Werner, Chilwell. We saw Chilwell score already this season from a, from a um, Ziyech ball. We know Werner's going to make those runs 
as well. That's just in his nature anyway, um, as a striker. So if Ziyech can make those 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 crossfield balls and their right backs are not switched on, then there's going to be a lot of problems over there. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting because the big dilemma for Chelsea is whether they start Kai or um, Kovacic. Kovacic has been playing a lot of games recently, or the last couple of games, because Kai's been out with um, COVID. But if they do start Kai, there's going to be an interchange, I feel, with him and Ziyech. They're a lot more fluid. Kai has played on the wing for Bayer Leverkusen as well. He's played false nine. So he's a little bit more fluid in the attack. It's going to be whether Frank really wants to go for it, that decision he'll have to make between Kai and Kova because Kova is obviously maybe the more stationary midfielder, even though he has been taking up advanced positions in the last couple of weeks just to do his role. Um, but if he goes with Kai, then you're going to see Ziyech float. And that that is going to become a big problem because Ziyech can come into the 10. He can come very central. He can drop deep and get the ball as well from Kante if he wants to. Ziyech is not one of these players that will stay out wide and hug the touch, touch line. He'll float around. And um, it will be up to whoever has to pick him up. And that's where it can get confusing for Tottenham. Yeah, no, definitely. Touched on some good points. I think what's interesting for me as well about Ziyech, and I think what's so good about him as a winger is that he's not just a dribble winger. It's, it, mm. Sometimes crossing is so good. I don't know if, when I think back in the day, yeah, he reminds me a lot of Ashley Young when he used to play for Aston Villa and Downing when he was also at Aston Villa. Those guys mm. cutting under Martin O'Neill literally put balls into the box for guys like John Carew, Gabby Agbonlohu, and that's the throwback glitch. Huh? I was like, I could use a better example than them two. But you know what? They, they, they were they were winning titles, but they were they were mad. They were finishing fifth. You know what? You know what? Oh, Zia just clear out here. No, no, clear, but it. But I get the example because they were yeah, they, they, they were wild. Style, the like, playing style, I hear. Yeah, yeah, they were wild. That that Gareth Barry holding and yeah, it was a <laughs> don't, wild. Don't don't mind Fuad because really and truly, what I was doing, I was throwing it back for the, for our younger viewers. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> they were they, they wouldn't would know <laughs> about that link up. No, no, but totally agree, man. Gek is definitely in a level above and. You'll definitely prove like, his worth. So the hopefully... fact that you lot stolen for that fee, yeah, yeah, under everyone's nose before the window opened, yeah. is still one of the things that frustrates me the most this season. I think like, every time I see him in a Chelsea kit, I'm like, how did no one else see this guy and think his versatility, his quality, technical ability, the feet he's got, like end product, he's got eight ticks every box you want in an attacking midfielder it's, in today's game. It's two things, really. To be honest, um, I think. A guy called someone did a, an analysis on Ziyech and why people didn't um, mm. want to buy him, and basically it's because of how much he loses the ball, he loses mm. the ball a lot. It's a bit like the Bruno thing, the yeah, yeah. the ball retention thing, and I Bro. think it's, it's just stupid. But that's, let creators create exactly, exactly. Yeah. But that's a, that's a story for another day. One thing I definitely want to get an opinion on, and it's definitely the running theme on Twitter right now. Um, I try not to get indulged in it because Twitter can get you involved in debates you don't really want to get into but it happens anyway and I think it's important to address it is Timo Werner I mean the last two games haven't been the greatest for him mm. in terms of finishing chances and he's had really really easy chances Rennes it was a sit I mean Rennes game I told you off air wasn't really an important game like that for me but mm. all the same you want your striker to be finishing chances yeah what do you think, or why is he missing these chances? And what's his role for the game as well on Sunday? Because I think he's going to have a big role. Uh, do you know what it is with these strikers? Werner's got such a high output of goals this calendar year. I think he might be third behind Lewandowski and Messi. He is... When you have a striker that scores that many goals, they also miss a lot of chances. Lewandowski misses a lot of chances. Abraham, last season, was our top scorer and missed a lot of chances. Um 
And it can be frustrating for fans, but these guys, they get themselves into positions to score so often that they are just going to miss a lot of chances. Now, the thing is with Werner is that he does need to improve. Do you know what I mean? There is areas where he does need to improve despite the amount of goals he scored mm. from everything from really his first touch to the fact that, you know, sometimes his composure 1v1 can be slacking as well. Mm. Like I said, like you said, that game against Rennes, that was a, that was one of the misses of the season, if we're honest. Do you know what I mean? Let's not, yeah. let's not, um, let's not dampen it down. It was, it was a shocking miss. But yeah. the thing is with Werner is that he he's a second striker. He's not really a winger and he's not really, for me, a lone striker. He's someone that plays off someone and he's been playing off Tammy. But in general play, if he is out on the wing, he can look a little bit, I wouldn't say look lackluster, but he's he's not he's not a natural winger. He's not a Pulisic. He's not a Hudson-Odoi. Um, and and I, I don't really worry about his confidence because he's he is a very confident player. Um, to lead the line for, for RB Leipzig, one probably the hate, most hated team in Germany, takes bottle um, to do it from a young age, which he did up yeah. until before he joined Chelsea. He, when he speaks in the media, he's a very confident guy as well. So I'm not, I don't worry about his mentality. I think Frank Lampard's looked at these players that he's brought in over the summer and he's, he's got the mentality of them spot on. You, you look at Ziyech, you look at Chilwell, um, Thiago. These these guys are, you know, they either are winners already or they want to come here to win titles. They're, they're yeah. speaking the way that they should. So I'm not worried about his mentality, but I am worried mainly about his fitness. I think I would have rested him against Rennes. I think he looked tired um, in that game. There was there was a game he was meant to be rested. It may have been Burnley, but then Pulisic, yeah, Burnley. Picked, yeah, yeah. yeah. and Pulisic picked up, picked up an injury in the warm up, and then it it meant Timo had to start. So that that told me already that they were planning to rest Timo, but they didn't yeah. get the opportunity because of the injury, and it kind of just forced their hand. And from that moment, he's never he's never. I think if you go through the whole season, he's played a almost every game, I think. So yeah. he hasn't had a rest. Um, and he does need one because he, he's, his sprints are high intensity. You look at even that Newcastle game where he wasn't the best, but he he created the assist for Abraham and his sprint for that assist was nuts. Do you know what I mean? The turn of pace was ridiculous. So Renz, I would have rested him. Uh, so I wasn't surprised for him to, to put in a poor performance. He's going to probably start against Tottenham. But at some point, they just need to rest this guy because um, the thing is with him is he's one of them players that... If you don't rest him, it's like Mount. They'll just keep playing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They'll just keep going and going and going until they until they, they tear something. Do you know what I mean? They're just yeah. wild. No, hundred percent. I get that. Before I come to the Tottenham guys for the question, one of the Chelsea guys is going to come in now. Um, and while Sam gets himself sorted out, um, the question I have for you, the flip side on the Werner thing for me is mm. um, Undombele, and the way I see it is, or the way I'm trying to picture it to you is Undombele is someone who, when he first came as well, he took a while to adjust. Obviously, watching the um, the documentary as well on Amazon Prime, we saw he was trying to adjust. They brought Musa Sissoko to try and get him to fit in. Mm. And you see Mourinho going to the park to train him during lockdown, things like that. Just mm. shows you how much Mourinho was actually trying to get the best out of this guy. And I think this is a big game for him because I don't know if you remember Stanford Bridge last year where we beat you 2-1, I believe it was, at um, Giroud. And I think, but I can't remember who scored, but yeah. Yeah, Undermali had, yeah. had a very, very poor game. But now coming back into this fixture, he's looking confident. He's looking like the guy we expected him to be. I think he's being allowed to thrive in a role where, which suits him as well. Um, but yeah, what are you guys' opinion on Undermali and his transformation? Maya can go first. Um, yeah, I don't think it was a secret to anyone that he was struggling when he first came. Fitness, yeah. just everything really. I don't think he was being... I don't think he was being played um, in the correct role. And I think Hoiberg coming in in the summer has helped him now, like to say, um, be able to play in his preferred role. 
Um, I, as a Tottenham fan, was quite confused because I wasn't quite sure what was... We, we knew as Tottenham fans that his fitness wasn't great, but we also knew how good his ability was. So as Tottenham fans, well, me anyway, I don't know about Fuad, but I was quite a bit confused last year because it wasn't even, it wasn't discreet. It, it was awful the way he was being treated. But now I can see the bigger picture. And, and obviously Jose was just putting in so much work because he knew what he was capable of. And now we are seeing what he is capable of. Like I said, Hoiberg coming in, I think, has really helped him on ballet. Um, it's really freed up a lot of space for him to be that incredible magician that he is in the centre of the park. Um, and I think that in the next couple of years, he, he's going to really, really take the Premier League by storm and be in contention to be one of the Premier League's best midfielders. Hello. Hey, listen, for me, I think, just to touch on there, personally, I think the treatment last year was kind of deserved for me, I think. But one thing people always forget is the adaptation period for a player coming in from foreign league sometimes. And it's similar thing to the Werner and even Havertz. I think people sometimes, because there's a big price tag on a player, you expect immediate, sometimes not realising this isn't a 27, 28-year-old made product you're buying. It's a 22, 21-year-old who actually still needs developing. And Dombele had only been at Lyon two seasons. He'd only just kind of started to get his foot in, in the game. He still needed to develop and grow. And I felt like the Jose kind of treatment last year was kind of warranted because some of the performances early on, yeah, he'd, he'd got a goal, he'd got an assist early on, but it was very kind of lackluster and kind of, I only want to be kind of on the ball kind of performances. And or was it the Burnley game? Zero sprints they showed, uh, I think the graphic was or whatever it was that was going around. And it just kind of painted a picture of, do you know what? This guy isn't really trying. And then behind the scenes, you're not seeing him after Corona kind of get selected. You're thinking, hold on, what's going on? Yeah, It's really, you just want to see that effort. All of a sudden in the summer, I don't know what clicked overnight, but it just seemed like he'd got with the program, I feel like. He'd realised, you know what? I actually need to still prove myself to this guy because Jose's an elite manager. He's not the kind of manager you can just turn around and say to you, you've won nothing. You, What, what can you kind of teach me? Now, Jose's been there, done it and won it all. So when he's telling you something, he's only doing it for your benefit. And I feel like now we're getting the best version. You'll see an end on Bella the other day. I saw him sprinting back all the way from box to box. It didn't look great. He didn't get to the ball, but <laughs> it's that effort that we're seeing now to go with that technical ability. And I think what Maya touched on there as well, surrounding him with workhorses like Sissoko and Hoiberg, that allows him to not do as much defensive work as he has to. I like that now he's playing more of almost like a number 10 role. Because last season, I felt like people were still thinking he's a defensive midfielder. And I'm like, no, 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 no. If anyone's watched him at Lyon, he is not a defensive midfielder. He wants to be on the ball. And yeah. I feel like now this season, people are really starting to see him kind of flourish and kind yeah. of open yeah, up. And I feel like... His, sorry, if you look at his heat maps, I'm sure I haven't seen them, but if you, they're probably higher up the pitch than Harry Kane's. Yeah. And I'm, I could put money on that, honestly. When you see him play, he's always in front of Harry Kane. Yeah. And it's that's almost the like thing what Deli Ali was doing a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But but that's the evolution of Kane's game, I feel like, as well, because Kane's yeah. willing to drop so deep as well. But that is kind of now the the other side of Endombele's game we're seeing. I was seeing him get forward a bit more and have that running. And that's all we wanted to see. And now for me, what is he? 23, 22? For the next four or five years, we've got arguably a, a potentially world, world class player here, I feel like. And I just want to see more and more of it and consistently. That's the most important thing now, consistency. No, I get that. Um, but yeah, we're getting closer to the end. Samuel, what are you saying, bro? You good? I'm so sorry. I'm nah, so sorry that I'm coming late, guys. I, I, 
I just I just caught it when the Spurs guys were were um blowing about their team. So I, I I feel I feel their energy. I feel their energy. <laughs> now but... literally, so the next question is gonna come to you, Sam. Um I think it's important to get a word on the managers. So what's the case? It's it's tough, it's tough. I mean, it's it's pupil versus master, it's that kind of vibe. It's it's obviously gonna be phrased as that. Um, in the league anyway, Lampard. Father and son. Father and no, son. No, literally. Yeah, father and son. Yeah, yeah. In the league, Lampard has two over Mourinho right now, so it's 2-0. What, what do you think? Do you think that plays into our, into our hands, into Lampard's thinking? What do you think Lampard can do to make sure that Mourinho doesn't get one over on him? Like, that kind of vibe. What do you I, think? I just think that Lampard, after after those two results, that, like you're saying, I think he he's now got the belief that he can do it. Like, he beat. Mourinho's side with a worse squad. Obviously, they had a worse squad as well. But the team that we have now and over the course of the season, he's proven to himself that he can build a team. He mm. had so many doubters about who he should be playing, how many games they should be getting. And I'm sure that was playing in the back of his mind. Like, can I really can I really do this? Can I really be the guy to transform a team where I've brought in players, I've been given the money to get players and now I've got them and now we have to basically make a world-class team and I think with that confidence that he's been building over these last few weeks I think yeah he he definitely feels like he can definitely get one over on on Jose just because of I think the style of football that he is playing it is I wouldn't say Mourinho kind of plays into his hands but the type of football that I've seen Mourinho play with his squad even though his squad is better he still likes Def- he he is a defensive manager, mm. so if you can get onto him, especially with Alderweireld out as well, Sanchez probably coming in or another another one of the young players. If we have our front three attacking their back line, regardless, we're not going to move like City and waste those opportunities. We're going to score a few. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And if 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 that happens and we're we're um, sound defensively, I think it's going to be the same result. Yeah. Before I come to Matisse, if I'm going to be a bit biased. The one difference I think we have against City is City nowadays, I think, has have become so obsessed with possession, tiki-taka, move it there. And there's there's they're a bit one-dimensional right now. I think for us, you've got Werner, you've got Cho on one side, you've got Ziyech you can put in a cross on the other side. And I think just that fluidity and the difference in attack could be the difference. Could be. But hopefully, hopefully it is the difference. Matisse, your opinion on Lampard and what he can possibly bring to the game to get one over Mourinho. Yeah, I mean, Lampard done the double over Mourinho last season with a weaker with a weaker squad than he has this season. So if anything, it's um, it's it's really Mourinho. I mean, Mourinho did beat us on penalties this season, but for me, it's Mourinho who's who's coming up because because he was doubted that maybe he was on the decline. Do you know what I mean? Maybe he's the games left him behind a bit mm. after his last few managerial stints. They haven't been he's been winning trophies, but they haven't exactly been Mourinho level successes i would say at man united mm. um so so it's really it's going to be i don't think it's it's really anybody to prove them i don't think it is student master just because of the age and the, the accolades and in, in the role that they're in but i wouldn't say it's anyone to prove themselves to the other i think both of them need to prove themselves to be honest um Mourinho, you know he, he needs to prove now can he be a long-term manager at a top club and not and not suffer the same fate that he usually does which is either getting sacked or end up end up having to leave so it's going to be interesting I think Tottenham if Tottenham are going to mount a serious title challenge this is the this is the one of the best chances they got in in a very freaky season where the title favourites Liverpool are hit with injuries galore you've got a title winning manager in charge as well who's been there and done it yeah. um, 
it's going to be interesting. Very interesting between between the pair of them. And then the same for Mario and Fuad. What's your opinion on how Mourinho can use his nows to be um, Lampard? Okay. Um, Mourinho is a winner. Um, and I'm not saying that Frank isn't a winner um, and he doesn't have that winner mentality, but um, we know that it's proven with Jose at least. I love new fresh managers coming into the Premier League. I absolutely love it. And it's great to see, you know, someone who has such a strong connection with the club. However, if things go wrong on the pitch for one or the other team, I believe that Jose has a winning mentality that he has struck through all of those 11 players on the Tottenham um, side, whoever plays. Whereas Frank Lampard... I'm not sure I see that winning mentality yet with those players um, because, like I've just said, Frank's such a new manager. um, And that is where I think maybe things will come into play. Experience. Jose knows how to grind out a win. Mm. not saying that Frank doesn't, but Jose has more experience in it. Just I feel like experience will will get the better of this game. Um, But yeah, I don't think anyone has anything to prove. Maybe just in the sense of Frank has something to prove in the sense of He's got an incredible squad and he should be definitely attempting to win a game like this. And Jose, in the sense of um, he has two of the best informed players in the league. If you, you know, why shouldn't we be winning this game? So, yeah, it's swings and roundabouts, really. But I do think experience will come into play at the end of the day. And you, for it? I think all you, um, the, personally, this game is kind of set up for Jose. That's how I see it. It's. Abramovich is thousand game in charge. He's got a two. He loves kind of a duct, whether it be the one at Newcastle or whatever. I haven't won at this ground. I'm, I'm undefeated at this ground. He loves these types of things and he wants to break this hoodoo, I feel like, coming mm. up against Chelsea. And I think both of these managers do kind of have a point to prove, whether it be Jose kind of doing a 360 on what everybody's saying he's kind of done after Manchester and how he's kind of turned the ship at Spurs yeah. to where it was 12 months ago, completely sliding and going nowhere. Yeah. And then to kind of Lampard, who's kind of now got his weapons, like he's he's now kind of got a good run in as well. So for me, this fixture is kind of a test for both teams to see if they're actual real contenders to Liverpool's kind of injury crop squad. Who's going to be kind of the real one that steps up for me? So... I think both managers have a point to prove, but I think it's definitely set up for Jose to win. And tactically, I think it's kind of perfect. He loves these big games. He, he He's going to do an absolute counter and shithousery 101 lesson. That's how I see it. 100%. 100%. That's not going to work for every team, though. That's what it I'm saying. I think, I think, and this I Chelsea think... team, you're right. Because this Chelsea team, that's the one thing they have is weapons in depth. But the one thing I think is that defence is still waiting to be tested. For me, I want to see, for example, Sun and Mora pinning back Chilwell and James rather than letting them attack. Because I think the key mm. to you lots of going forward this year definitely comes from the strength of your fullback going yeah. forward. Mm. I think Reese James and Chilwell add this other layer of that's almost like it's a fucking armada coming towards you. Sorry if you can't swim. <laughs> <laughs> no, right. and, and, and honestly, I think that is going to be key in kind of the shithousing one-on-one, I feel like. Sam, you got a response to that? No, I just I was just going to say, like, I think what you're saying is right about the amount of the, the depth that we have going forward. But I just think it's... You're making it sound like it's so easy to stop Reese James and and sure like these these are players that 
have grown into these positions. Like at the start of the season, the other Chelsea fans. Son is a problem, like, you know. Yeah, son is a big problem, and we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be thinking about him on the weekend. But at the same time, son, I'm telling you, James, whatever side he goes on, I'm hoping he he goes on the left because I want to see James really show him that you know he can be stopped. And and James is 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 kind of showing the world now that what Chelsea has been trying to tell everyone that this guy is an all round fullback. He's good going forward. He's solid defensively. I honestly think he can stop any wide man, but it's. It's, it depends. It depends on the opposition that he's facing. Obviously, in the last few games, we haven't played that many big games. But this is literally, like you're saying, it's set up for Jose to to do his thing. It's the, literally the same for the Chelsea boys. We haven't had a solid, like a big game like this after a run of games that we've had. So this is the perfect time to show. Okay, cool. We can do this against anyone. Like we're here to stay. And if we get three points, we're gonna go above you. And that's gonna be perfect for Lampard. That's gonna be good for the club. We need that. Like this is even getting me gas. I need to escape. No, hundred percent. And I think if there's one thing I definitely agree with you guys with everything that's been said is that the winner of this game, I think it would tell us a lot about what they're doing this season. Like mm. the winner of this game, I believe, will finish in the top two. As in facts, I just don't see what will happen after that would cause them not. Obviously, apart from injuries, bar injuries, let's say going into with these squads, the winner of this game comes out. Like we'll definitely do big things. So mm. to wrap it up quickly, we're just gonna go do a round table, a combined XI based on form. Um, so whatever position, I'll obviously give you the position and then you will say what player goes in that position and why, as opposed to or as it negates to the rest of the guys who could be possibly put in that position. Um so yeah, I think we'll go with Matisse first, mm. and he has the responsibility of the goalkeeper. Which goalkeeper do you think? You want it's in easy. your... That's easy. <laughs> easy. And it, ha it has to be Mendy for the sheer fact that not only has he been a massive upgrade just for our club, you know, it's, it's, it's almost unspoken of how... how it's, 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 I don't even... Have, I usually have words for everything, but I don't have words to describe just how big an upgrade this is. It's ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? He has been... <laughs> he has when been the, the complete... On the floor, though, when the bar The bar has gone beyond the floor. It has. It even has. the floor just begins to feel good. Yeah, exactly. But but Men Mendy could have come in and really just been average, but he's been way... Up, he's exceeded expectations, you know? Everything from his passing being of a, of a solid standard to him commanding the back line, his communicating, everything has been so Pensity, good. Everything, man. He's huge. He's been a huge part of our clean sheets. He made massive saves against Rens there, double save um, from a corner. He, he's just been unbelievable. His so, height, his stature. So for me, I have to, I have, have, I pick him in goal. If I'm picking between the two, he's the, he's the upper More coming. so for me though, quickly, just mm. touch on why Mendy over Lloris rather than Mendy because of what he's done for Chelsea. Um, Why Lloris over Lloris? Guy, man. I mean, Lloris does have a Lloris does have a mistake in him. I feel like if I'm if I'm looking at the two goalkeepers, just uh, just on a sheer fact of who's got more mistakes in them, it's Lloris at the moment. I've seen a lot of Lloris mistakes in the last couple of years. I've seen Tottenham fans. I've seen him benched actually at Tottenham quite a few times now in the last couple of years. So I feel like. I don't know if Lloris is how, how you guys feel about him as Tottenham fans, but I just look at Mendy and I just see a superior goalkeeper. I just see him as this guy that's just untouchable right now. As a goalkeeper, this season, he hasn't made no errors. Like, he's come into the Premier League, he's made no flaws. He's got no flaws. So until someone shows me some flaws, 
then he, he's the guy that, that that stands out on top right now. Because I know if I'm picking a goalkeeper to come on my box, I'm picking Mendy over Lloris. Here's the thing, though. The span of what we've seen, like what you just said yeah. there, yeah, because you've seen more of Lloris, of course, five, but, six, seven but, years. That, okay, but, let me finish, we've finish. seen seven, eight games of Mendy and we're going on like... And no problems. No mistakes. I'm no telling you, when the howlers come, <laughs> I'll be letting you man hear about it's it. Not when. No, it's dude, not a when. Dude, you, you, the... you, can't, you can't tell me, yeah, as a Spurs fan, yeah, you cannot tell me that you felt 100% with Lloris being in goal and being your captain. Here's I one thing. I, I, this I, I, season, yes, I have been. And do you know what? Yeah, at the, and I only say that. Yeah, uh, but you, I was, you, you I was literally one of his just biggest said, critics. Exactly, exactly. So I was if, one if of his biggest critics. About... And I did not fit. I thought he was on the decline. But last season, when he come back from that big injury, I thought maybe post-lockdown, he has been one of the biggest improvements and part of our defence being better. It's about time. Me, it, uh, 100%. But here's the thing. He's been like that. It's only maybe the last two or three years where he hasn't kind of formed up to levels. Lloris was almost a pillar of consistency in the Premier League. Let's not forget that. Because he, when we had the best defensive records, was it two years in the Premier League? He was a part of that as well. People forget that. But now, since lockdown anyway, I think till now, Lloris's form has been great for me. I don't think we've seen any mistakes in that period for me. I haven't seen any. So for me, the rejuvenation I've seen, I'm like, I'm going over experience and quality. That's what, mm. that's the only case I would put for Lloris. Other than that, that's I fair. can hear the Mendy case. I'm not going to lie. He has been a massive improvement at Chelsea. Massive. Nah, that's fair enough. I mean, we can go on and on about who who we put in goal. I mean, just I just get... to come just just to yeah, have the debate. Mendy has four clean sheets. Lloris has three. So that's 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 it for me. <laughs> I mean, am I right in saying Mendy? He's tied for the most clean sheets in the league right now. I believe so, yeah. And, and, and he hasn't played every game, by the way, because he, he was late. He came late, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Kepa was starting. One thing I love about him, he's putting respect on black goalkeepers' names. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Definitely. 100%. Definitely. Love that. Definitely. 100%. So, yeah, that was your responsibility, uh, Matisse. To make it fair, I'll go Chelsea, Tottenham, Chelsea, Tottenham. So, my centre-back, who's, your, who's the first centre-back? Um... I'm gonna go Thiago Silva. I think. Um, Great, he, you. I rate he, you. He, um, <laughs> probably number one out of all the options I've got, purely for um, what he brings to the team. Um, yeah. He, his leadership, still his quality, um, pace not so much, but you'd expect it. His overall game is very good, and um, he's transformed that Chelsea defence. So I think he needs a definite centre back spot. Just a reminder to the viewers out there, I've had no influence on this team whatsoever. <laughs> great stuff. Sam, come to you for the next centre-back spot. Who are you going? Um, Azuma. Azuma. Um, I think he had a lot of doubters. Um, and I'm saying that to balance it out as well. I, I don't think that there's any other um, Spurs centre-back that I'd have over Zuma and Thiago Silva anyway. So I would have I would have said either of them if, if one of the others didn't say them. But yeah, I think Zuma... I think Zuma's had a lot of had a, an up and down career. Obviously, he had that serious injury that set him back quite quite far back. Um, a few loan spells that didn't go well. Then he came back to try and win his spot. He was still in and out of the squad, even up until the the transfer window. We we're still saying we, some fans were were happy to see him go. Some fans are happy to see him go. Rudiger, Christensen, but out of the lot, I think he's the one that's made the best strides forward. I think mm. he's won the most aerial duels in the Premier League. He's looking more... So he has a just a tendency to do something mad. Can't mm. lie. Every now and then. But I think those those are happening 
less and less. And I think playing alongside Thiago Silva, he's learning his game. He doesn't have to make those rash challenges because he can recover. He doesn't have to d- try and find a pass that he like your right back's right next to you. Do you get what I'm saying? His yeah, decision yeah. making is just getting much better. So yeah, I think him over Toby and um Dyer. Yeah, him over both of them. That's fair enough. He actually has the most he's won the most aerial jewels jewels in Europe. Not in just Europe, in League, wow. so it's crazy. Left back. Um I, to be fair, we've had arguments about this in the past. So I already know what he's doing. <laughs> Left back, Fred. You know my boy said you gotta go in there, man. I'm sorry. Because here's well, I'm how saying I see it actually it, made yeah. him die. Cause, cause, made cause, him <laughs> hey, it, and, and the rest of the game. Locked. No, nah, it's fair enough. It, it, it happens, you know. That's and true. that was that was almost like the perfect baptism of fire to kind of welcome him to the Premier League and realize, hey, this ain't gonna be an easy ride. So for me, what I've seen from him defensively, it, I didn't even expect him to be this good defensively. In all honesty, but I think Chilwell for me isn't that great defensively. If that makes sense, Chilwell's strengths is going forward and is kind of his engine up and down that flank. Mm. I feel like Sergio just brings that extra bit of quality end product whether it be right foot, left foot, end product and crossing, maybe they're kind of the same, but I would say he can definitely add more goals than, than Chile would and assist, I would say. So mm. for me, for that reason, I would only pick Sergio ahead of Chilwell. It, the difference isn't much. Mm. But it's not much. That's why I'm yeah. not going to say nothing. because yeah, I, I rate Sergio a lot, so I'm not going to say yeah. 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 To be fair, some of the fan, fan base wanted him before we wanted Yeah, before I wanted Chilwell. him, so that's why I can't say nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, as a, rather than doing like um, DM, centre mid and all of that, we'll just do the three most informed midfielders in your opinion. So, hey, wait, you I, forgot right back. Right back. Oh, did I forget right back? How you forget right back? Um, <laughs> Matisse then, right back, right back, right back. This is the easiest, I think it'll be easiest, easiest yeah. answer. There's that's, not what gonna I, be... that's what I forgot. That's yeah, what I there's forgot. no dispute in Default. it. We've yeah. already spoken about Tottenham's weaknesses. <laughs> yeah. Reece James. You know, Reese James has to get it. He made his England cap, for God's sake. The guy has just been immense. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. For me, even last season, he was our biggest chance creator on that right side with the crosses and he was just getting robbed of assists. This season, yeah. he's turned it up a gear. Um, and he's just been top quality. Like I said, complete footballer, can do it all. Yeah. Play multiple positions, but right back is where he's going. So he's been quality. Perfect. Smile, centre mid, first first position. So you said it doesn't matter. We're not doing DM anymore. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just the three most informed centre mids, in your opinion. Uh, yeah, Tangi and Dombele. Um, 100% walks into it. Don't think anyone's going to disagree with me. So let's move on. Next spot. I'm going to say Kante, I'm going to say Kante. I was going to say that Havertz, obviously the COVID shaked him for, of a few games, but Havertz in that, that number 10 role would would give, give Dombele a run for his money in it. That's no, what I'm saying. No, but no, no he, would, he would, he would, he would. We'll, we'll wait and see. We'll, we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Because oh. remember, this is, this is Ndombele's second season. Havertz is just coming in and he's already feeling comfy. Scored a hat-trick already. Tick already time. getting a few assists here and there. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. But I'm going to say Kante because obviously he's still the best DM in the league. Probably top five in the world. People try to doubt him. Still showed his quality. So, yeah. Yeah, make sure, you check, make sure you check out my video on why Kante is still the best DM in the world. Good video as well. Make sure you check it out. Appreciate it, bro. Fuad, third well, final got... centre mid. Well, I would say one of the contenders for his best DM throne in the Premier League very, very soon. I think arguably one of the signings of the season so far. One Man, of the, the gems. I think Hoiberg, I've got mm. to put in there. I think for what he's done to kind of improve this Tottenham team. And I, I was one of the people that actually thought he would definitely make this difference because I thought what he brought to Southampton 
was massive and went under the radar because it's Southampton. But mm. the qual- the leadership, the aggression, the pressing, the the constant, even the want wanting the ball from the centre backs and then turning and actually playing a pass forward rather than sideways ninety five times. It's like <laughs> I, I love I love what he's brought to this team, and I think yeah. right now he's Kovacic. We've barely seen him. Havertz maybe not in the best of form, so. But what he's doing right now, it's got to be Hoiberg for me. Nah, even a word on Hoiberg. I'm, I think when, when the signing was actually made, I said that the reason why Tottenham's um, window went under the radar is because what Mourinho did is he plugged holes rather mm-hmm. than marquee signings. And, what, and yeah. plugging holes is the hardest thing to do in football. It's a bit like yeah. NBA. I always use the analogy. You have your two all-stars or MVP caliber players, but it's filling the role pieces around it that's always the hardest thing to do. So that's why Hoiberg is definitely top, top quality. Mount, player. though. Mount though, that's what I'm Where's saying. People haven't, mentioned, no, people haven't mentioned Mount, and Mount is balling. When he went into that number, hey, you let Southgate in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> all I'm saying, all I'm saying, the beginning of the season, he was being played out of position because of his work ethic. Obviously, the manager's favouring because he can do multiple roles. He might not be as well on the ball as certain certain players, but his work ethic off of the ball. I think people under appreciate that and undervalue that sometimes. But now he's gone into that eight role and he's really proven on the international stage and at club level that he's a yeah. guy in it. But Hoiberg has been bought has, has been hard, so I can't I can't say nah, that. No, definitely, man. Try my boy Mount, man. Um Matisse, any any you 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 could take your pick. The front mm-hmm. line. Take your pick. I think the front line is gonna be very easy to pick. But yeah. I'm going to obviously go with the Chelsea boy first, which is Ziyech. I think even though he's had a limited amount of games, I think it's just clear his, mm. his his quality. I think, you know, he's just come in and completely transformed this team. Not only has he put Mount in his proper position, finally off the wing, you know, what Ziyech does defensively, people underestimate as well. He's very good work rate off the ball, closing down spaces, um, winning the ball, hype the pitch as well for, for a Werner goal, actually. Um can't believe I can't remember the exactly the game, but him and Kante closed the ball down very well before a Werner one on one. But his his creativity, man, he's just the thing about Ziyech is he's got arrogance, and it's a good arrogance because it actually yeah. seems it's to rub off on some other players. Yeah, mm-hmm. it rubs off on some other players, and, and they start doing tricks as well. And and he's he's the kind of guy, no matter if he messes up a ball, he continues to keep trying the ball, and it yeah. will work eventually. And that's what happened against Sheffield United. You know, he kept trying it, trying it, trying it, and eventually he found Chilwell. So. He's undoubtedly been um, for me a right winger in this team. I don't think, I don't think um, Tottenham have a have a right winger that that is on his level. Yeah, and again, I mean, I repeat it. Like I said it off air, I'll always repeat this. I am chance creation over ball retention every day of the week. I, I let the creators do their job. Like they're so hard to find. So when you complain about someone who creates for you, gets three out of five. Um, in this completion, and you're complaining. I think there's a problem with you, Maya. Your 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 selection for the forward spot. Um, we'll just work across the line. So number nine, Harry Kane. Again, don't think anyone's going to argue, but I'll say a little piece on him this time around. Um, <laughs> he deserves he deserves the respect. Um, I mean, he he's in he's in conversations the best striker in the world but the way yeah. that his game has transformed um you know people people said that he wouldn't even score under Jose Mourinho yeah. I mean he's scoring and assisting um the guy is, the guy is a superstar um yeah just incredible so 
No, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear, after me, a Chelsea fan give it to a Tottenham player. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but even before, before Sam goes, I mean, Harry Kane, definitely. I think, for me, what's been so great to see is that transition, what he's, what he's becoming as a player, like the full package. I think it's a mm. bit like what Rooney did, but now mm-hmm. he's, doing it, he's doing it. He's doing it at a younger age. So he has the... I, I already said, if not for the injuries, I think he was coming for Alan Shearer's record. I Let really me say do. this. We're coming for Henri's record. We're coming for Shearer's record. We're yeah. coming for Rooney's record. We're coming for his playing style. You better hope he stays We're fit. coming for all of it, bro. I'm yeah. telling all you. He's gotta do, all he's got to do, though, is he's got to win trophies because that's hey, what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if he leaves if he stayed, Tottenham with one Premier League, stuff. it's worth it. It's oh, like yeah, no, it is. It is. Oh, it is. It one is. league with Roma, do it, that's though. all it takes. got to be done. Joel's got to be done. Coming, baby, <laughs> and then third final position on the starting 11 combined starting 11. Who are you going for? Oh, no, it's, oh, it's, it's Sam. Sam because I want to hear these words come out. Of no, Sam's it's Sam, mouth. it's Sam, it's Sam. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's Sam, it's Sam, it's Sam. 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 I want to hear that. I want to hear that. I wasn't even going to say thank you. I know what you know what. I'm going to be honest because I'm not one of them guys. The only reason I'm going to put Sun over Werner, yeah, is because of his productivity. Yeah, I think. If you get once you give Werner a few more months, and let's not forget, he's not Puli? a wise man. No, Puli, Puli's in and out of the squad. No, I can't really put him there. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, not yeah. been playing, so that, oh, yeah, that would be unfair. But, form, yeah. yeah, but I would, I would say, I would say, Sun one hundred percent. He is, he's, I think he's just underrated overall in it. Like, and he's my type of player in it. He works hard, personality, but he doesn't. It's like he's such a humble cocky guy you know what I mean like with yeah, the way yeah, he strikes yeah, yeah. the ball it's like I know what I'm on but I'm gonna like walk away with it do you get what I'm saying he's like, dual he footage just... you gotta love that mm. yeah like he's, he's I think he's he's one of the best the best wingers in the world and I think he's not really spoke about enough mm. that's why I don't really mind praising him because he's not spoke about enough but Respect. yeah I think Werner's coming um, obviously he's missed a few chances recently I think he's fight, still finding his feet still finding you know, it's cold in London, you know what I mean? Werner will get goals, but oh, I, I yeah. don't think it'll be as a nine. I think if you remember RB Leipzig, he was coming off the right. I think right, Chelsea yeah, have even yeah, when they've yeah. played him wide, they've played him on the left. And I think mm. coming off that right hand side, I just feel like I don't know what it was at RB Leipzig, but I felt like that angle just gave him more to kind of it works to like Mo Salah. Yeah, it just works for him. I feel like mm. definitely given time, him and Kai Havertz will definitely come good. Yeah, no, 100%. And even on Sun, I think for me, maybe, uh, I mean, there's so many arguments to it. I don't really get into the debate of whether he's world-class or not. I I understand if you say he's world-class. For me, he's literally in that category where he's bubbling up. Like, he's almost there. Just needs that maybe one I think season. he's got world class ability I think he's got yeah, world class yeah, ability yeah. Like. Yeah, if yeah. Son was not playing for Spurs right now and he was playing for Bayern Munich I think that's what it is that's what it is yeah. I think that's what it is let's be real because if you look at Bayern Munich's wingers Gnabry um, Sané they're very efficient do you know what I mean and Son is in that in that bracket for me mm, he's, he's just as good as yeah, those two yeah. so I think I think he's a Bayern Munich type player do you know what I mean I wouldn't mind if they come in for him do you know what I mean I just he just see he seems he seems like the guy that just not going to leave Spurs like and I want him to cut because if they don't win the, the, the a trophy this season, him and <laughs> Kane have to go, bro. Because yeah. you cannot waste your prime years at a club that just doesn't want to win. Like obviously, it's wants a to dying win. trait in football, nah, man. There's there's something iffy with the Sun deal because the fact that people don't even come in for him 
is weird. It's very strange. Like, it is I've very strange. That. It is. I've said that. I said uh, this summer. I don't even know how we kept him beyond this summer. In all like, honesty, the fact that we had no Champions League football, I thought Barca or someone would have come in and thought Madrid. Someone. But, well, Barca's, yeah. Barca's transfer IQ isn't the highest right now, so I'm not. Let's surprised. be honest. Yeah, that's, that's very it's true. very very. But, yeah, I think I think he's a very loyal. He's just a loyal person. Mm. In general. I love yeah. it. Mm. Yeah. Um, th- I mean, that's a solid team. That's a very, very solid team. I think I'll have the last pick in terms of the manager. I'll go with the guy, the savant, the the the, the greatness that is Frank Lam- I'm joking. Anyone who knows me, of course, man. I'm 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 Jose Mourinho. Obviously, I've got to put my, my love for him aside for this weekend. But in terms of who my go is, of course, I think Salix is the goat but in terms of who my goat is as a manager definitely Jose Mourinho I just love the guy regardless of what happens when we go to the stadium and he comes back and we give him a bit of banter fam it's all love at the end of the day for me anyway but Mm. guys I want to appreciate you guys for coming on um, once again Um, it's eyes on the ball we had the serious guys on top of the league clash hopefully we'll get everyone's reaction on Twitter I'll be able to make one video and put it on just to see what our or whether what we've spoken about has like come to fruition Comes within apart. the game so we'll see what happens there Chelsea again, win come on <laughs> Chelsea win man <laughs> all the way but yeah once again appreciate you guys for coming on we'll definitely do this again it's eyes on the ball we out well, that's fine.